Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome from Aaron Smith and uh, Nancy Bakeman to the EBA webinar podcast series. Uh, we're really excited to have Brad Wills and Will Shippey with Schneider Electric with us here today. And uh, I had a chance to see some of their new product at the PCBC show and the SCBC show. And uh, they're going to present today on digital electrification of homes. Um, but you want to pay close attention to some great new technology that's coming. Um, we do have a Q&A section and the chat section open. Uh, if you can, put your questions in the Q&A, and I'll present those to uh, Brad and Will as we go through today's conversation. Um, feel free to chat. Um, all the great stuff. And uh, Brad and Will, welcome, and it's so great to have you back. I appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron and Nancy. Will, would you like to introduce yeah. yourself first, and we'll dive into that. Absolutely. Hey, thanks uh, for having us. Really appreciate the opportunity. Will Shippey here. I'm the Director of Business Development and Strategy for Solar and Storage uh, here at Schneider Electric. So I'm working with our uh, key partners and uh, helping to bring uh, this portfolio of products and solutions to market. Yeah, and, I, and I'm Brad Wills, Director of Strategic Customers and Programs for home and distribution business. And uh, what that really means is I'm in charge of our our home builder uh, uh, national account team and, and program. So um, I do a lot to work with uh, folks like you and figure out how we can bring these solutions to um, to your communities for not only the betterment of your business, but for the betterment of your uh for your end users as well. So we've got quite a bit of content uh, today. Uh, let me show you the agenda. So we're gonna, at the beginning part here, we're gonna talk a little bit more just about, you know, what are we seeing um, from our perspective at Schneider around the energy landscape, how that's changing, how homeowner expectations are changing. Um, and then, you know, the codes and standards that are affecting a lot of this. Um, and then, and then we'll move into kind of our vision of where we think this is going and what that translates into from an overall uh, digital smart energy grid to plug, panel to plug, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, ecosystem for the home. And I think you're going to find, you know, the approach that we're bringing is uh, we're bringing a lot of simplicity, hopefully a lot of cost savings. Uh, but also that simplicity is not just uh, for the end user, but also in the installation commissioning of the solution. So um, just to, to tease you a little bit there, but let's jump into what we're seeing about the energy landscape itself. Um, energy resiliency and independence is becoming more and more important um, uh, amongst consumers because we're just simply having more outages, whether it's you know public safety power shutdowns in California or increased storms that uh, occurred anywhere, but, you know, just, uh, you know, most recently, you know, the storms we had in Texas uh, 18 months or so ago and the storms in the Northeast and most recently the hurricanes that, uh, that we had in Florida and the South. So those things are driving more and more outages and, and folks are looking for that resiliency. Uh, it, not even just for basic living in a home, but more and more people are working from home. So they need that resiliency because it's not just about being able to watch Netflix, but it's about being able to, you know, get work done uh, because so many more people are working from home. 
also rising energy uh, costs. So demand's going up or, you know, everyone's electrifying, we're moving to EVs, we're doing all electric homes. It's just increasing demand and cost of electricity. So we really need smart and automated systems that allow the homeowner to maximize that efficiency, but not turn into the facility manager of their home. Uh, and then obviously emissions growth. So we're trying to reduce uh, carbon emissions. And we often think about, you know, carbon emissions uh, from our commercial and industrial infrastructure, but, you know, our residential infrastructure generates uh, 20% or more of carbon emissions. So there's a huge opportunity there for us to figure out how to reduce carbon emissions within our residential infrastructure. And then lastly, obviously, there's a lot of uh, government investment and regulations that are taking place, whether it's the Inflation Reduction Act or, you know, state-based codes like Title 24 in California or other places that, that are driving a lot of this as well. Um, Will? Yeah, and, and really just following up really what Brad was talking about here, um, we're seeing a convergence, right, between not only what our homeowners and our customers starting to ask for and starting to demand, but also a convergence with what we're seeing with uh, government regulations uh, and, and subsidies, right? And so, um, you know, Brad mentioning 20% of total CO2 emissions from, from housing, it is now something where homeowners are asking, right? It, is this one, you know, home A versus home B more sustainable, right? What can I do as a homeowner to actually make uh, some of these impacts myself. Um, and they're asking about re resiliency and, and efficiency. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, just today, um, right, there's uh, some strain on the Texas grid, right? And so they might have to have rolling blackouts through Texas today. Uh, this is a resiliency issue that we're seeing uh, increasing uh, day after day. And again, it's something that not only are utilities and the government looking for solutions to help drive this and incentivizing this, but it's homeowners themselves also that are now asking for this. So it's a perfect opportunity for us to take both of those tailwinds, right, and really drive solutions that uh, that help uh, help solve them. Go ahead, next slide. Let's see, whoop, hold on. There we go. All right. So driving a little bit into the codes and, and standards and really focusing on, on some hot spots here, right? So uh for all of US, um, this is something that we've had now for quite some time is the federal ITC, it's the investment tax credit of 30% uh for, for solar. Um each time it comes up for for vote, uh, right? We kind of bite our fingernails. Um, but it seems to be renewed time and time again. It is very popular, helps drive solar adoption. So we do have that in play. In California, it's a number of different um, aspects, right? So for California, um, not only do you have uh, PV required for new homes that are being built, but also something that we refer to as storage ready or, or battery ready. And really all that means is that a homeowner is, or a home builder is gonna have to add a separate uh, you know, battery ready or a central load center, having at least four spots for four loads, such as some essential lighting in your refrigerator, uh, so that that homeowner, right, after they move in, it's easier for them to, uh, to go ahead and add a battery, right, and have those loads backed up. 
And then you're also seeing um, uh, trends in Massachusetts in the Northeast uh, driving net zero standards for, for new buildings. In addition to what we don't have here, right, we have certain locations that are driving all electric communities, right? Long gone are the days where they're going to have gas, gas, uh, you know, HVAC systems or gas ovens and stoves and all electric communities, which again drive greater adoption of, of these technologies, but on the flip side, create a greater strain on 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 the uh, on the grid. Go ahead. Yeah, so besides that, you know, when we look at just all the various codes and whether this is affecting uh, residential or small, you know, small commercial buildings, there's a number of uh, things even beyond the NEC, whether it's ASHRAE, Title 24, as Will mentioned, driving uh, the requirement for homes to be uh, uh, backup ready with separate panels. We'll show you how you can avoid that a little later. <laughs> um, but uh, as well, some of these other requirements, and then also IECC in, in lead um, uh, programs that are that are driving uh, more and more of this energy efficiency. And so, if we kind of look at you know the the home itself. Um, you know, yesterday, everyone just bought electricity from their local utility. Um, and they only understood their electricity usage after it was too late to do anything about it through the paper bill mailed to them in the mail. You know, today, uh, you know, some of that's changed. We have smart uh, meters. Some utilities make that smart meter data available to their consumer in some sort of semi real-time fashion uh but that you know that takes a lot of effort you gotta go log into a website you gotta go try to understand what is maybe not the most intuitive uh dashboard around your energy usage and at the end of the day it's just um it's just your total usage so if you don't have that granularity it's okay great i use more energy but where and why and was it necessary or did i actually have something going on that was wrong in my HVAC system or or other or otherwise that caused uh, um, usage that I really didn't need to need to have um, and then you know the most the most the biggest change is utility is not going to be your only source so whether it's solar combined with battery storage or even you know let's not leave out generators is another uh, another possible source folks are looking at all of those and in some cases combining all of those into uh, into their home for resiliency but also uh, you know when you look at dynamic utility pricing like they have in California and other states um, having the ability to say I'm going to move certain things or all things to uh, a battery during peak uh, peak rate times in order to save money is becoming um, a bigger and bigger desire. And but again, the key is how do you automate that so that folks don't have to become the facility manager of their home? It's a set it and forget it uh, approach. So I think we're going to be able to show you how we're accomplishing some of that. So as we look kind of uh, summarizing that vision, um, we're looking for and, and trying to plan for solutions that are literally from the grid, from where you connect to the grid all the way down to the outlet where you plug something in and everything in between. And how do we take all those aspects? How do we take 
the load center? How do we take your uh, backup switch? How do we use the inverter? How do we use all these uh, aspects to bring this together in one ecosystem so it's simple to use, simple to understand, simple to automate? Uh, and then partnering for us is is even more and more important now. So while we have a, what we think is a great single platform, we still need to work with with other partners in the industry, and we're very we're being very proactive about that. Um, seamless architecture, both from a hardware and software standpoint. So if you look at a lot of the solar installs today, they're being done with equipment that wasn't thought about or designed for solar installs. It's like, well, if I take this and I run this pipe and wire over to this other uh, enclosure and then over to this one, then I can make it all work. And then it looks like your garage is an industrial facility <laughs> instead of something simple and seamless. Uh, so both you know, looking at how do we simplify it from a hardware standpoint, and then really probably more importantly from a software standpoint, one of the advantages of bringing all this together is it's one app to commission it, one app to control it, so it really simplifies life for everyone in that that value that value chain. And then again, by doing that uh, that simplification, we're going to deliver some what we think is some pretty significant time and material savings, both on the physical install as well as the commissioning of the system. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Will to walk us through some more specifics of our solution. And again, please feel free to pop in questions, raise your hand. Uh, we'd love for this to be very conversational. Yep, thanks. So taking a look at, uh, again, a, a scenario that is happening today, and this is what is leading to app fatigue, right? That new homeowner moves in and they're super excited because they have solar, they have battery, they got an EV charger, they're thinking about smart lights inside their home. And then they realize I now have five new apps that I have to load to my phone. I have to sign in and figure out how are they unique, right? Do they overlap with one another? Which one do I actually use? Uh, and at the end of the day, after you know several months, they get home and and what do they want to do when they get home, right? They want to crack open a bottle of, of wine, right? Ask Alexa to turn on some music and get dinner ready. Um, the likelihood of them scrolling through these different apps to figure out a little bit of information about their EV charging schedule versus their dimming schedule at night versus whether or not their battery right sent the right amount of power back to the grid during peak time it's just unlikely. And so what we wanted to do was realize that, all right, all of these things are important standing on their own, yet what's compelling is that when you bring them together into a single app ecosystem where they only have to go to one place, but more importantly, set it up the first time and then live the way they want to live, which is again, getting home, kicking their feet back, right? And uh, helping their kids with homework and not worrying about five different apps. So we'll talk a little bit more about how we're doing this here. Next slides. So look, taking a look at, at and Brad was mentioning this today, right? You have your inverter, you have your battery, you have your backup switch, you have essential loads, non-essential loads. And so as a result, you have a lot of boxes and you have a lot of conduit. Uh, doesn't look great. Takes more time to install, 
higher costs. And so on the right here, we're giving you kind of a first sneak peek and we'll have a lot more pictures later on of, of Schneider Home. And this is combining all the things that you see on the left uh, into a streamlined um, system here on the right where you actually have the solar coming down, you have the inverter, you have the battery, you have the main electrical panel that has a disconnect, backup disconnect in it. In that main electrical panel, you have your essential loads, you have your non-essential loads, and you have your intelligence. You have your load control, you have your monitoring, you have your communications. Looks a lot better, a lot faster to install, and we'll dive into those, uh, those pieces and parts a little further on. So talking about what we have today, right, and some successes that we've seen today, what we learn from the market with offerings today and, and then how we're evolving those right so uh last year we launched the energy center and we've seen success uh here in the california market with the energy center and what we wanted to do was make sure that we took the best from this product right and incorporated it into uh, further products that we're going to be releasing here in, in the coming months so what's unique about this is that this is actually two electrical panels in one you can see the green section on top and the gray section on bottom so that's a split bus architecture meaning that for title 24 compliance in california as you recall, we mentioned earlier, new home has to have two separate panels, right? Your main panel and your central load panel. Well, here it is in one enclosure. So the idea is that you can put those loads that you want to be backed up in uh, in an outage up top, and then those much larger loads that uh, you don't want tied to your battery on the bottom section. Uh, this is also configurable uh, in the field quickly with a, an electric electrician to make this future proof for additional storage being added later or a generator being added later. A lot of times people are now combining those. So if you see that gray that gray box right there in the middle of, of the picture, that's a terminal block. And what that allows an electrician to do quickly is to flip some wires around and then all of a sudden both the top and the bottom section become backed up. So this is great for uh, for you know circumstances where the homeowner might might decide, well now I want to add that battery or now I want to add a second battery or third battery and go whole home backup. If you were to do that today with any other panel, you would have to add another load center and you would have to pull wire back and forth, potentially tearing open walls. It's an all day job. It's a chore. It's very expensive. But this panel and this architecture allows the homeowner to decide which loads do I want backed up, flipping them top to bottom. Now can I add that second battery, right? Things like that. And then it also has the, the brains, right? So you can see towards the bottom, there's a little white and green box there. That is our energy gateway. That is both the communication gateway that will help disaggregate loads inside the home. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later but also it acts as the edge controller, right? So what we're able to do here is add control relays, just like a breaker, they snap right onto the bus and you tie those to the individual load that you want to have controlled. We firmly believe that we want to give the flexibility of what you control, where you control it to the homeowner. So in this, uh, in this circumstances, we'll provide that control for those dedicated circuits here at the main panel and then provide more precise control for devices inside the home with connected outlets and, and, uh, and dimmers that we'll talk about later.
All right. Thanks, Will. Yeah, so just to give you a practical example of that, so we took that that energy center and we worked with one of the builders we worked with at KB Home. You may have seen some, some press on this. We've done actually two significant projects with them. Uh, this is the, the second of those two. It's 219 homes and every single home has the uh, the energy center and our smart wiring devices forming that grid to plug ecosystem, if you will. Um, and, but it's also a Schneider, Elect Schneider Electric designed microgrid. So every home has uh, our energy center solution, but it also, every home has a battery and, and the community has its own centralized battery as well. So uh, no, uh, no, no field solar. The solar is strictly from the homes itself. So that solar is interconnected with the community battery to uh, to charge that battery when uh, when the homeowner's battery is already fully charged. And the value of this, what happens then, is when SoCal Edison has to have a public safety uh, power shutdown. And this map here shows you the prevalence of, uh, of the fire prone area surrounding uh, Menifee, California. So there will be a lot of these shutdowns in this for this particular community. And what will happen automatically is uh, when that when they shut that down and they go to the, the community microgrid, all 219 homes go to critical load only. Automatically, homeowner does absolutely nothing, but is assured Hey, my critical loads uh, that are that are in that panel are going to be powered, um, and I'm not I'm not going to miss a beat, right? Um, uh, so this is one. This is probably an extreme example of how resiliency is being built into a community, uh, but we think there's going to be more and more of this, and we're excited to do this because. We do microgrids all the time. We just don't do them in residential. So this has been a great learning experience for us to figure out how can we further simplify a residential community microgrid going forward. And uh, we'll be looking to do some very innovative things to make the introduction of a microgrid into a, a community of homes more and more accessible and affordable on a go forward basis. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and you know the thing about developments like this right they're they're complex they're challenging because you have a lot of different stakeholders but at the end of the day if each stakeholder benefits from neighborhoods like this then you're going to end up seeing more of them right and many times it's been the utility themselves that has pushed back against ideas like this but the reason why this one works is because socal edison has been a partner uh, with us on this to the fact where they're going to benefit from the community battery uh, and the microgrid actually sending a significant amount of power back to their own grid in those summer peak months when they are desperate for that power, right? So we're not just going to the utilities with these developments and saying, hey, you need, me, you need to you know, allow us to do this. It's actually, here's how we're all going to benefit when we do it. Yeah. Well, is the idea of that from the utility perspective that the neighborhood becomes like a virtual power plant to them in some exactly. ways? Exactly. Exactly right. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and the homeowner, there, the homeowners being compensated for that, right? Right. Right. And is there a? I think 219 home development probably pretty standard. Some somewhere between 70 and 100 acres total. 
is there a rough order of magnitude um, of what it costs to put in the battery, you know, a centralized virtual power plant battery and and put the system in for uh, the developers? Uh, let's see. Let me let me. I'll do a a very rough estimate here of what what that rough cost per home probably is somewhere in the range of it probably adds um let me make sure i'm doing my math right here yeah so well, in the magnitude of two two to four thousand dollars a house for mm-hmm. the microgrid itself so it's you know it's not outrageous yeah Oh, that's incredible. And I and I assume structurally that uh, and by the way, I think we're going to have a session with uh, this is KV Homes uh, development, uh, Shadow Mountain. I think right. they're going to do a session with us and talk more about this in detail, January, February time frame. Yeah, but I would assume that the homeowners association is kind of then covering that infrastructure and and you're almost as a, yeah, energy so as a service type situation. It's a great question Aaron because that that's what's key here is is it is built into the bylaws of the, the homeowners association right when you buy into this house you agree this is how this is going to operate you agree that when SoCal Edison cuts the power off you're you're going to go to critical load only you agree to all these things now there's financial incentives there and the energy costs for for these homeowners is going to be uh much less than than other other uh, surrounding uh, homeowners because of the program associated with this. But um, so there's you know there's always some trade off. There will be times when used as a virtual power plant, you're going to lose your non critical loads when everyone else is on grid power and has access to their critical loads. So yeah, there's some potential downside, uh, but you're being compensated for that, and you're getting the advantage of when there is a power outage, you've got you've got the most resilient home in the area right yeah yep. so fantastic yeah and this is uh, just, there's a question that came up in the sure. chat on if you were familiar with block energy very yeah from very familiar with block energy that's a company that uh actually a former schneider uh employee sergio curbo uh works at and lives here in the nashville area and he and i ran into each other um uh, a couple months ago and are starting some conversations on how we can partner together potentially. Awesome. And uh, follow on question, would these be before the meter or after the meter installation? And I think it's, well, it, there's two parts of it, right? Because some of it's, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, it 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 it's both, right? Because at the end of the day, each home is going to have solar and their own battery and, and that's going to be, on the home side right uh and then uh you have the community microgrid aspect right which is then kind of your after the or shall i say before the meter right um aspect so depends on if you're referring to the resiliency that is being provided at the home right uh versus then the community aspect when that kicks in great and this is this just gives you a little bit of you know what the layout and ecosystem of that that microgrid looks like for each of uh, the communities. So uh, truly, you know, just summing that up, it's it, it is kind of a first of its kind in California. It's it's uh, it's a great learning lab for 
for us at Schneider as well as uh, our other partners like SunPower and University of California Irvine, the Department of Energy. So there's been a lot of a lot of different uh, organizations uh, uh, involved in this, and something that we're looking forward to um, making easier and easier to do on a go forward basis. With that, we're going to move into more specifics on the Schneider Home Platform that'll be out later this year, and and I'll turn it over to to Will to take us through some of the details of that. All right. Yeah. So meet Schneider Home here. Um, we're providing all of the main components here uh, for you to see. Uh, but key takeaway, right? We are the only manufacturer um, that is bringing together a package of products and solutions um, that truly spans all aspects of energy production, management, control from the grid to the plug. And so starting with the pulse panel in the upper left-hand side, this is the second generation of the energy center, which I went through earlier, right? So again, we took the, the best features of that panel and we shrunk it down into your standard 200 amp footprint uh, for, uh, for both new construction as well as retrofit markets. Uh, but it still has the same core components, right? It's two panels in one. Uh, it has uh, the monitoring as well as the control aspects, but it actually also has something that the Energy Center didn't. Um, it, we are also embedding the backup control switch into this panel, which removes another box that would have to be installed when you're doing uh, solar plus storage. So really compelling product. We're very excited about it. Moving over then to kind of the energy generation aspect, our inverter and our battery, um, high power inverter, 7.7 .7 kilowatts, four MPPT inputs, meaning that you can have up to four separate arrays facing different direction of different lengths tied into that same inverter and then tied to our 10 kWh battery. Uh, that battery is able to be either floor mounted or wall mounted indoor or outdoor. And you can mount that battery uh, up to three stacking front to back. Uh, we know that sometimes the garage wall real estate can get pretty tight. So we wanted to accommodate uh, applications where you're actually stacking that battery front to back instead of taking up the entire wall. You can also mount it side by side if you wish, but uh, we will see the front to back more common. Uh, and then rounding out the solution with the Schneider Charge EV Charger. This will be our first iteration of our charging, residential charging infrastructure uh, released uh, middle of next year. And then following that uh, year after, looking at bi-directional charging capabilities back to the home, back to the grid. All of this is then wrapped together. Oh, before I forget the connected switches and sockets. I know Brad's <laughs> smiling. He's, he's involved in this product quite a bit. Um, but I mentioned earlier, right, providing control at the device level. You don't just do it with a sledgehammer at the main panel. You want to be very focused uh, with the important loads and devices inside the home. So we facilitate that with not just the switches, but also the outlets. Um, and what's compelling is that you have all of these things, which again, this would be five or six apps with someone else's solution, but we're bringing all of it together in a single app 
that then you can tie to Alexa or or, uh, or Google, right? And and enable you to live your life, right? While all of these components are are doing their job for you. Yeah. Aaron, you have a question? Yeah, quick question. Does the inverter have the capability? So, you know, I'm not in a microgrid community. I don't have a centralized battery. I'm just in my own house. Mm-hmm. Does that inverter have the capability to disconnect from the grid, shut off, and then create a microgrid around at the home level as well? Yeah, so that's actually what the backup control switch does, and that's embedded in the main electrical panel. Nice. So you see the Schneider Pulse panel. So yeah. that is what disconnects you from a dead grid um, and then enables your house to be essentially its own little nano grid, right? Yeah. So that that is what that is. Um, we will have two versions of that backup control switch. So in this circumstance, you're having our panel, our smart panel, and our inverter and our battery. There might be instances where you're not using our main electrical panel. So we will have a separate external backup switch, which is common with, for what other manufacturers are selling today. Great. Thank you, Will. Yep. And then just a couple other points. I think, you know, what's we, we uh, at the end of the day, we get excited about the connected energy aspect of all this. But at the end of the day, that panel is there for the safety of the home mm-hmm. from a fire standpoint, as well as safety of the people in it from a ground fault circuit protection. So, you know, this is built on the industry leading uh, QO uh, circuit panel. Right. So uh, it's that same reliable technology uh, that's going into this panel. And also, you know, the the other benefit of that is if you're already using QO uh, load centers, you essentially are putting in a smart ready panel. The That panel today can be retrofitted with the Wiser Energy module, our smart relays, uh, the, and you could also integrate the switches and, and dimmers and sockets and have a basic smart energy home, right? Now, it's not going to be as elegant as this. If you want to have transfer switch for, for battery and whatnot, you'd have some separate enclosures for that. But but you can do that in, in relative ease uh, with the standard QO panel today. So, um, and then one last point on the on the smart devices, the thing that's really unique about Schneider's devices is, you know, their Wi-Fi switches, dimmers, and outlets. They do everything you expect a Wi-Fi switch, dimmer, outlet to do, but they're also energy meters. So every every place you're putting one of these, you're getting discrete energy monitoring as well. And and we really think philosophically. This is the right approach because there's other solutions in the marketplace to say, well, just put all the control in the panel, which we think is overkill. It it causes uh, the solution to cost too much. And it's really it's not practical because while you want that control on your dedicated circuits like your HVAC and your electric water heater and your dryer and everything, everything that is that is hardwired to one thing and, you know, that's the one thing using that energy and that's the one thing i'm turning off if i turn it off at the panel that's great but if you start using that control on on uh single pole circuits that aren't dedicated to something right that have multiple outlets throughout the home then yeah you might successfully turn off your wife's hot rollers in the bathroom but you might have also just turned off grandma's oxygen machine at the same time so that's where you know, the smart outlets come into play 
where we can, you know, say if you want that discrete discrete uh, control, do it at the do it at the plug level where you know more precisely what's going on. Yep. Brad, what's a QO panel? It stands for quick open. It is uh, it's Squaredy's uh, initial first uh, load center brand that's been around since 1955, and uh, was the first resettable uh, circuit breaker in the in the marketplace. And of course, we built on that platform to integrate uh, um, uh, arc fault circuit protection, ground fault circuit protection. And in fact, uh, Squared invented the first residential remote controlled circuit breaker over 25 years ago. No one wanted it. So we sold a ton of it called PowerLink in the commercial lighting control space. Uh, but as you can imagine, going forward, we're starting with smart relays, but all that will be brought into in the breakers in the near term as well. We do see a world where uh, there will be some need for relays as well as circuit breakers. I don't think the circuit breakers completely replace uh, relays because there will be certain applications where the responsiveness of uh, a relay, uh, except, especially if you want a seamless transition from grid to battery without your Wi-Fi going down, you're gonna need that speed of a relay, right? So um, yeah, we're excited about the roadmap going forward. So, and again, I think what you were telling me is any of those square D panels that we had or may have in our homes can be retrofitted to yeah. the system. That's incredible. Yeah, that's yep. what I did in my house. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so let's dive a little bit more into the Pulse panel. Um, really the the most differentiated offering here of, of the bunch. As I mentioned earlier, we're packing a lot of things into this uh, into this enclosure. Right, so looking at five uh, components, right, being brought in. So we talked about that switch, right? The uh, the backup control switch integrated in there. Uh, the critical load panel. So the top section of this uh, of this panel will be for those backup loads, and then uh, the section on the bottom will be for non-backup loads. If you have a partial home backup, right? So a single battery, you want those loads on top backed up. The ones on bottom not backed up. But I remember when I was talking about the energy center, there are a lot of times where homeowners will decide, let's go ahead and get a second battery or a third battery. Um, and in that case, they would have to add more uh, load centers and spend all day pulling wires, thousands of dollars in labor costs. With this panel, you're able to move a couple wires around in a terminal block and all of a sudden this entire panel you're looking at is backed up so future proofing for those for those applications um also integrated in here is going to be um our uh, our schneider home um, energy monitoring device and what this is great at doing is i mentioned this word earlier disaggregation of loads so this is something where we are actually able to measure the inrush current of individual devices inside the home. Um, so think of that as essentially a digital fingerprint for individual devices. And now the homeowner is able to see in real time what is actually on and how much power is it consuming. A lot of those ghost loads, for example, are, are tough to identify uh, and help mitigate. but more importantly than just understanding what is on, right? It'll allow you to take action on issues in advance before they become really uh, 
problematic, right? So one example there is is a refrigerator that has a, a very standard operating profile. The condenser turns on, it turns off, right? It's a heartbeat. But if that condenser turns on and stays on, then something's going on and our system will let you know that something's going on. So either your teenager left the door to the fridge open, right? Or the condenser in that fridge is dying. Um, and typically you're going to find that out after a couple months looking at your energy bill and then try to hunt it down. But yeah. in this case, you're actually able to find that out soon via an alert and take action on it. So from a monitoring perspective, again, it's not just here's the data. It's go take action on that data. Yeah, a couple of real examples in my own house. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had in the history that you're going to see here in the app shortly, but it, it was informing me that my HVAC unit was turning on and off every six to eight seconds. Uh, would have never known that had I not, you know, if I wasn't standing out next to the unit itself, I would have never known. But I saw that in history and knew, well, it shouldn't be doing that. Called the HVAC uh, guy. He comes out and in process of waiting, like, you know, I bet it's a capacitor about to go bad. So he, he gets there and I say, I think it's a capacitor about to get bad. And he looks at me like I got three heads. Like, how would you know that? <laughs> um, I stood there and wouldn't leave. <laughs> so he's like, OK, I guess I'm going to have to check the capacitor first. So he'll go away. He opens it up, checks the capacitor and looks at me and says, not his exact words, but how the heck did you know that? <laughs> and uh, showed him the app. He got so excited. I had to actually open up my panel and show him the the Wiser Energy module and, and, and explain how that was all happening. Another instance, I was at a trade show and I kept getting notifications about the refrigerator running abnormally long. Called my wife back and said, the, I think the refrigerator door is open. Sure enough, it was. And uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's those kind of insights and and as we continue with this app that that will's going to walk you through here those are the kind of insights that um that we see building into it so that you you know you're not going to proactively go into this app especially not after that honeymoon period right you're going to kind of set it and forget it but it's going to reach back out to you and say hey something's going on right mm -hmm. or hey this is about to happen what do you want to do Right. So it's going to be your assistant, if you will. Yep, exactly. So adding on to that. Right. So first step, the monitoring, the alerts, but then also now taking control. So that same smart device um, also acting as a edge controller um, inside the main electrical panel so that you can control those large dedicated loads. The smart relays plug right into that panel, just like a circuit breaker, meaning that they're very easy to install and easy to replace, um, as well as just uh, before I forget, uh, also plugged into that main electrical panel for NEC 2020 is a whole home surge protection device. So we're providing whole home surge protection uh, in the electrical panel standard uh, to facilitate NEC 2020. But looking now at, at control, we talked about this earlier. Um, we believe that there really are three different integrations to provide a holistic control scenario and solution inside the home. 
right? So we talked about that dedicated circuit, doing that with a relay or a smart breaker that we will be uh, developing, uh, and then inside the home as well, right? With those connected outlets and switches and dimmers, but then also just the native uh, communication between inverters, batteries, uh, and the outside world, right? So when should we be shedding load based off of your utility rate schedule? When should we be sending power back into the grid per uh, NEM 3.0 here in California when power is, get this, $3 a kilowatt hour, right? Very valuable power. So we want to build a system here where the homeowner can say, you know what, let's optimize my house for those scenarios. I'm going to go ahead and optimize those scenarios for, uh, you know, NEN uh, 3.0, or I'm going to go ahead and turn off certain loads in my home while I'm in an outage so that I can increase the life and length of, of my battery. Um, this is something that we think is, is really appealing for homeowners that want to have a whole home-like backup experience without buying three or four batteries. And we do that through this control. So for an example, you typically would not want your hot water heater, electric hot water heater, backed up when you only have one battery and kept on, how to drain the battery. But you do want to take a shower in day three of the of the outage, right? So go ahead and put a relay on that device, but make sure that it always stays off, right? But then you decide, let's take a shower. Boom, you hit a button on your phone, your hot water heater turns on, you take your shower and you turn it off 10 minutes later. So you have that capability of leveraging all of the devices, right? And components inside your home without having to spend the money to, to get three or four batteries. All right. Looking at the inverter and the battery, we don't we won't drive into all the uh, technical specifications here. Uh, just hit some of the highlights, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, talking about the inverter on top. One thing I do want to mention about this is the fact that we have a 200% surge capacity. Okay, what does that mean? That just means that when you are in a battery backup situation, right, and you want to turn something on that has a high surge, right? So that electric hot water, uh, hot water heater, for example, many other systems, if you were to try to turn that on, that would strain the inverter and the battery and it would disconnect. You'd shut everything down. We want to make sure that homeowners have the ability to turn on certain high heavy uh, demand loads um, and handle the surge for up to 15 seconds uh, while they're in that backup situation. So uh, in, important to note there. Also, compatibility of bringing in a generator in addition to just the, the, the battery, um, stacking up to three batteries front to back or side to side. And then also just to make sure if for those of you keeping track of your battery chemistries today, this is a LFP chemistry. Uh, this is uh, considered the most safe um, chemistry for batteries today and uh, becoming, uh, becoming a global standard. As far as features and warranty, 10-year warranty for this, the same app for everything and in indoor or outdoor installations. So we'll see scenarios inside the garage or, uh, or external walls. Right. Next slide. 
Now, taking a look at the app, right? So this is something that we spent a lot of time on, uh, and we had a significant number actually of, of uh, feedback groups that got uh, different versions of the app and then would provide us feedback on, on what's important. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we, we got a lot of the same feedback, which is if I'm going to open this app, the first thing I want to know is, is everything okay? Right. So give me that is everything OK view and then let me dive in if I want to dive in and really go into that activity and visualize my entire system. Now, what's great about this app is that it will, uh, as we've mentioned before, right, it incorporates all of these different devices. But if you just get one of the Schneider Home devices, you get the app. If you then add to that portfolio of Schneider Home devices, your app becomes more powerful. You don't get a second app. You keep the same one. It's just now populated with more information and it gives you more flexibility. So beyond the visualization, right, then it's the automation. And this is where uh, you're able to get notifications and automate the settings in your home for time of use savings, for max backup power, uh, or for an incoming storm, right? So you get that notification from a utility that there's going to be a public safety uh, shutoff coming, right? Tap that storm button on your app, and what that'll do is ensure that your battery is 100% charged uh, by the time that public safety sh uh, uh, shutoff comes so that you can weather through that storm. Let's see what next. And then talking about personalization, right, and, and savings, right? So from a personalization perspective, not only are we going to give you the presets, right, the set it and forget it modes, but you're also going to want to understand, well, what do I consider essential? What are comfort and nice to haves? And then what are loads that I just don't need backed up? So in this scenario, what you're able to do is quickly uh, drag and drop and toggle on or off individual loads. And if you look at the loads there on that app, some of those devices are connected to a, a smart outlet like that fridge. And some of those devices are connected uh, with a relay right at the main electrical panel. So from a physical perspective, that's how we control it. But from a, uh, you know, a user interface perspective, it all looks the same. Right, because it should. That, that's how it should operate. So now let's set certain things for essential, certain things for comfort, so that maybe for the first 24 hours of a shutoff, both comfort and essential are working. But then, man, you know, this outage is going longer and longer. You want to make sure your battery uh, lasts longer. Automatically, certain things in the comfort side will shed, ensuring that you have those essential loads to be the very last to be shut off. Moving over to the save aspect, right? This is something that's going to be critical uh, for not just California with NEM 3.0, but uh, a growing number of utilities uh, and geographies, right? Where the value of electricity depends on the time of day and the month of the year. And so let's make sure that we have this system optimized to either send power into the battery, send power into your home, or send power back to the grid, right? And those are three dynamic ways that we can automate and make sure that you're getting the best bang for the buck with the system uh, and your unique um, utility rate structure.
So just wrapping up here, right? Schneider Home for installers, they're going to save money uh, installing this. It is uh, all of these components into many uh, few boxes, not having to do with conduit, right? And sourcing and support from a single vendor. We are that single entity uh, that's been around for a long time that has worked with these contractors for upwards of 100 years. Uh, and just dealing with us uh, a lot easier for them. They will also have a dedicated installer portal as well so that they are able to monitor and manage all of the systems that they install through a, a single portal. For homeowners, I think we uh, we covered a lot of these benefits over the past hour, right? Lower bills, more flexibility, personalization, right? Affordable solar, adding EV, future proofing, um, and then for the grid, right? So the idea that these systems um, are going to help the homeowner um, when the grid goes out, but then also we are able to leverage a lot of other companies that are within the Schneider orbit, uh, companies like AutoGrid and Uplight that are pulling together virtual power plants and demand response um, uh, programs so that homeowners that have Schneider Home instantly will have a VPP or demand response ready system so that if AutoGrid signs something up with a Texas utility or Southern California Edison and reaches out, the homeowner can say, oh, oh I have a Schneider system. Oh, it's an AutoGrid uh, virtual power plant. I'm automatically uh, ready to go and you can opt in. Right? <laughs> so a lot of benefits for the grid as well. And what is Uplate, Will? So Uplight is another um, uh, aggregation platform. So they do more around the demand response aspect. And they also do a lot of programs with utilities for uh, behavioral changes. So uh, when I talk about demand response, that's basically outreach campaigns to homeowners in certain areas that say, hey, if you turn your pool pump off between these hours, right, for these months, we'll cut you a check. Mm. And that's really easy to do in Schneider Home, right? You have that pool pump on a relay, set a schedule to it, forget it, and you get a, a couple bucks uh, in your pocket for doing it. Auto grid is then more for the dedicated virtual power plants where you're actually discharging power from your battery back to the grid. Mm -hmm. All right. That really that really summarizes it. Uh, I think uh, uh, we really appreciate the time today and would love any questions uh, that you might have. Yeah. Um, is will the product be available everywhere in North America in Q4 2023 or is it rolling out across the country? It's more of a rollout across the country. So we're obviously focusing First on this version, I did put it in the in the chat notes that you know this version of the Pulse panel that you're seeing is the the CCD or all-in-one version that is used in certain states uh, as required by the utility where they want the meter and the panel all together, right? Um, so we're obviously starting there because of the solar mandate in California is kind of a tipping point for these solutions. But uh, shortly thereafter, and uh, I think by mid 2025, we'll essentially have. Uh, version, or, yeah, I meant 2024. Thank you, Will. Uh, we'll have um, a version of, uh, you know, an, a load center only version that could be applied anywhere. Great. 
And do we need to have a certified installer to execute on this or can any electrician really take care of it? Great, great uh, question. I'll, kind of I'll, yes and I'll no, take right? that we'll, one. I mean, yeah, so a, actually it's gonna it's gonna depend on what's being installed, right? Yeah. So uh the electrical panel itself, the pulse panel, that will be able to be installed by any certified electrician that wants to um you know go ahead and, and grab this from a distribution partner that we work with. There will be different versions of of the that main panel that you see on the left hand side, right? So the one that is has the integrated backup control switch, that'll be paired with our inverter and our battery designed to work together. And so those would be installed by a solar installer and that solar installer will be certified and trained by Schneider Electric in order for them to install and then commission common with all of uh, all the other uh, manufacturers of inverters and batteries, right? We want to make sure that they're certified installers, they know what they're doing and they're able to commission it. So for the load center only, any certified electrician for the whole package, the solar aspect, that'll be a certified uh, uh, Schneider certified solar installer. Okay, and I think uh, we had a question of what opportunities are available for electrical contractors to be certified installer of the system. And yeah, so is- so for again for the panel, there's re- it's sort of I think Will meant certified in the sense of you have an electrical license. That's it. Okay. If you can put in a load yeah. center today, you can put in the pulse panel. Right. Okay. Right. So so that's yeah. that. Now, if you're an electrical contractor that's saying, hey, I think I might want to branch out and start doing some solar work mm-hmm. and you're you're getting that training, in those industry certifications, we have a training to go along with our particular solutions to make sure you make that as smooth from a physical install as well as uh, software and uh, commissioning standpoint. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I want one tomorrow. Cool. <laughs> but I'm in <laughs> Minneapolis, so it looks like uh, looks like Q2 of 24, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's great. And of course, folks can reach out directly to uh, both of you with yeah, any absolutely. further questions that they have. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. Any means. And we will have this recorded and on the EBA Academy. Uh, it'll be at the Better Homes, Better Future podcast if you want to share it with others in your organization. And then I'll do a follow-up article on uh, on the system and what we talked about today. And as I mentioned, I look forward to, I think, January, February timeframe, we'll get with um, KB Homes and they're going to do a more in-depth dive of how they executed yep. that Shadow Mountain project, which I'm, which I'm really excited right. to learn about because I agree with you, Will, this is absolutely uh, a potential future especially where resiliency is uh is key yeah they they jacob will have a lot of great insights uh about what they did in their model homes to edu- educate the homeowners and whatnot it's uh very insightful great well as always just incredible information from schneider and uh and the team and Brad and Will, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, appreciate Happy it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, everyone.